This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. We've got Mike Breenback, Army Combat Vet, uh, CEO of Human Rights First. And Mike has often said, I'm paraphrasing, he's much more eloquent than I am, that human rights depends on democracy. Democracy is one of the one of the building blocks. And so I want to talk to him about the continued and persistent anti-democratic impulse of the the extreme right. Well, not even the extreme right anymore. Let's roll the clip of Steve Scalise, a leader within the Republican Party on the short list for Speaker of the House, which would have put him two heartbeats away from the presidency, denying five times in a row that the election was not stolen. Roll the clip. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? What I've told you is there are states that didn't follow their laws. That is what the state constitution, the U.S. Constitution requires. Uh, you know, I've seen in my own state where we had to send our elections commissioner to jail years ago for fraud and corruption. And we cleaned up our act in our state. Every state ought to follow the laws that are on their books. That's what the U.S. Constitution says. That's not what I asked. I said, can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? Look, Joe Biden's president. I know you and others want to talk about 2020. We're focused on the future. We've talked about 2020 a lot. We're talking about how to get our country back on track, how to get our economy moving, how to stand up to the bad actors around the world. Xi is not slowing down in China. He's looking at Taiwan. You see what's going on in Russia. You see what Iran is doing to work with Hamas and other terrorist organizations. This administration needs to pick up the pace. Uh, they're not standing up to the bad actors of the, around the world, the world they need to. We're passing bills to address this through the House. The Senate needs to take action. The president needs to take action as well. That's what Congressman, we're I, I, the House. I, I know that Joe Biden is president. I'm asking you a different question. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? What I've told you, and you've, you've seen this, there are states that didn't follow the laws that are on their books, which is what the U.S. Constitution says. They have to do. So you, ref so you just refuse to say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen. So you want to keep rehashing 2020? We're talking. I just about want an answer to the question: Yes or no? Threats to this country. We've asked. Look, we've talked about this before. But again, will you acknowledge that there were states that didn't follow the actual state legislative enacted laws on their books, which the U.S. Constitution says they're supposed to do? I know that every that. single I know that every court that looked at whether the election was stolen said it wasn't rejected those claims and I asked you a very very simple question now I've asked it I think the fifth time that you can't appear to answer can you say unequivocally that the 2020 I told election you, was I not told stolen? you there were a handful there were a handful of there were a handful of states that didn't follow their laws the rest did the rest followed and again states that Trump won states that Biden won that did follow All right Mike I don't think I've seen a cringier episode on uh, on mainstream TV, at least, than, than this. What do you make of it? I mean, it's it's cringy for sure. And I, one of the reasons I think it's so cringy, Ken, is that I don't, I don't believe for a second that Steve Scalise believes a word he's saying, right? He, he's dancing around trying to avoid, uh, you know, saying something that he feels like he politically cannot say. 
but that he knows to be the truth, which, which is that the election was not stolen. Um, you know, Steve Scalise is not a real MAGA guy. He's been in Congress for a really long time. Um, I don't, I don't uh, agree with him on a lot of things politically, and that's you know that's a matter of public record. I've testified in front of him a number of times in various committees on various issues, and you know we've had some contentious exchanges. That said, um, you know he did not come into politics as part of the Trump movement or as part of an anti-democratic right-wing extremist movement. Um, you know he came into Congress as a fairly traditional, uh, you know Louisiana Republican. Um, you know a friend of Big Oil, certainly not not willing to talk about climate change, but, but, you know, a pretty standard Republican politician from Louisiana. And now you find that despite, you know, his power and his ascendance in the house, the guy can't say the simple truth, uh, because he's afraid of somebody who isn't even in office right now, uh, and afraid of, of a mob being weaponized against him. And I think that, that, what that tells you is that, there's an anti-democratic extremist movement that's managed to intimidate its way into control de facto in this case, or eventually, you know, maybe something more than that if, if, if Trump is elected again or something else happens, but control of, of one of the nation's two political parties, incredibly dangerous. You and I follow this really closely. For those who might not be tracking 100%, what we're talking about is Donald Trump's 100% consistent record on punishing those who say he lost the election. That's what we're talking about when Steve Scalise refuses to say that Donald Trump lost, when anybody refuses to say that Donald Trump lost within the Republican Party, the hammer comes down. And of all of the things Trump has been inconsistent about, and that's most of the things most of his life, this is one thing that he has drawn a line on. Anyone in a position of power within the Republican Party who says he lost the election faces his wrath. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and that wrath takes some pretty specific forms, right? I mean, part of this is the gerrymandering of congressional districts, and that just that just means that the lines have been drawn unfairly so many times that the only thing most Republican congressmen have to fear is a challenge in the primary from the right, is a more extreme Republican, right? So there's that, you know, you speak out against Donald Trump, he might finance or incite a, a right-wing challenger, somebody who, who says you're not conservative enough, no matter how many times you try to prove that you're, that you're far right enough and takes your job. But it, it goes much deeper than that. And I think we saw this when, when Jim Jordan was trying to become the speaker. And, you know, he claims he didn't have anything to do with it, but launched an intimidation campaign against moderate Republican members who didn't want to vote for him that included people calling their wives and threatening to kill them, death threats, people had to get security, uh, you know, people lived in fear of physical violence. And that's, that's intimidation on a whole new level. So when we say, you know, Donald Trump and his allies will come after you, we're not just talking about coming after you politically. We're talking about maybe coming to your house in the middle of the night. And that's violent extremism. That's, that's not politics anymore. That's something else. What's mind-boggling about Steve Scalise's cowardice on this issue is that he has been a victim of a conspiracy theory that led to a violent attack. Uh, give us the, you know, the, the, the short version of what happened to him. And even that is not enough to um, 
I was going to say awaken him to the dangers of these conspiracy theories. But as you've said, they all know. They all know the truth. They're just afraid to say it. But Steve, Steve Scalise, is, of, of all people, uh, I would have thought would would be able to see where this leads. Absolutely. I mean, what happened to him is unbelievably tragic. I, I don't actually know the details of what, what deranged, you know, theories were in the shooter's mind. But, I mean, Steve Scalise was, was shot uh, in the middle of a of a softball game with, with other members of Congress, as I recall, um, he nearly lost his life. He shot, shot with a rifle, I believe. So that's, uh, you know, that's pretty clear evidence that, that sending people crazy messages in politics can result in really horrible things. And we've seen this all the time. Um, the same, you know, great replacement theory, conspiracy theory that says, you know, the democratic party wants to replace white voters with minority voters and immigrants and, that's what's going on in politics now. You hear that out of the, out of the mouths of a lot of politicians and media people on the right. Uh, we also know that that's the the manifesto, the ideology, very explicitly behind most of the mass shootings we're seeing that that are, that are motivated by politics. Whether that's the El Paso Walmart shooting, attacks on synagogues, the list goes on. Um, people are taking up arms because they've been led to believe that their democracy and their society is under threat. And the core of that entire thing is this big lie about the 2020 election. I mean, if you believe that your democracy has already been stolen from you and that regular politics is broken, then what's left but violence? You know, this leads to a very dangerous place. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this, depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. What really frightens me and, and, and leaves me bereft about the, the ability of our system to react to this is just how quickly this theory overtook rank and file Republicans. I remember in the days after the 2020 election, the overwhelming majority of Republicans said it was free and fair. And that number began to fall off as the misinformation machine began turning its gears as Trump began parroting or leading the big lie from the, the bully pulpit. And as just about every one of these Republican representatives uh, served as an amplifier for that. And now we're at a point where, I mean, it's so, what's Mark Twain's quote? Uh, a lie travels around the world twice before the truth can put its pants on. Now, I don't, I don't know how we, we unwind that when you have so many rank and file Republicans, everyday Republicans, who say that Joe Biden is is an illegitimate president. And I, I, want, I want to make the point with this clip of Chris Christie at a conference, a meeting in Miami of, I have to assume, mostly MAGA Republicans. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're in Florida. We're approaching primary season. These are the, the folks who drive the agenda within the Republican Party, Republican primary voters. And he is heckled mercilessly, but to his credit, I'm not a Christie fan, to his immense credit, he calls their fear of the truth reprehensible. Play that clip. Yeah. 
Well, now it feels like home. Thank you all very much. Let me, let me first thank the chairman and everyone here. Yep. Look. That, what a shock you're for Trump. I'm going to fall over dead. Now look, now look, every one of those boos, every one of those catcalls, every one of those yells will not keep it, yes sure, will not solve one problem we face in this country, will not solve, and will, and will not, and, and will not make this country better. Your anger, your anger, your anger against the truth is reprehensible. When you think about the problems, when you think about the problems that our country and this world is facing, when you think about that, this type of pettiness, this type of pettiness is beneath beneath the process of electing a president. Yeah. And, and as people, and as people watch today, as people watch today, if your arguments are so strong, if your arguments are so great and mine are so bad, then just keep quiet. Let me make my awful arguments and then you can just reject them out of hand. But the problem is, the problem is, the problem is you fear the truth. So we have Chris Christie telling the truth. You can just, I, I mean, I was waiting for him to use the word deplorable. It looked like it was on the tip of his tongue. <laughs> he, he held back. But that is basically what he's saying when he's standing there in front of this angry mob being jeered and heckled and saying, uh, this is just coming to mind now, but um, Colonel Nathan Jessup, you can't handle the truth, right? Right. That's Chris Christie in that moment. And I, I think he, he is speaking an uncomfortable truth that the truth about the election is, is poison to this Republican base now. I think that's right. And I, I think, I'm not a big Chris Christie fan either. Um, but I do think not only is he telling the truth, but I, I have to say, I think he's in a longer term sense, acting like a rational politician when a lot of these guys aren't right. Um, I mean, let's go back to Steve Scalise. This guy's been in Congress for a long time. A lot, a big part of his job is to try to build a Republican majority, which means he's got to get people to go out and vote for Republicans. Usually when somebody's trying to get you to go vote, right? They're going to tell you that your vote matters, that this is a critical moment for democracy, that your voice is important. It's important for you to get off the couch and make your way down to your polling place and, and, and go through that process, right? What's striking me about this is that a lot of Republicans who are professional politicians are telling their base the opposite. Your vote doesn't matter because the system is rigged, which is a very stupid thing to do from a political perspective. Unless what you're trying to do is create a radical movement, and unless you're doing it because despite the fact you know better, you're scared of people. You're physically afraid and you're, you're afraid of being torn down by a mob, basically. 
Um, so it really does, I think, speak to the level of fear that, and, and just the level that it, that an irrational extremism has kind of captured this, this, this political party. And unfortunately, we see this around the world. Um, when, a, when a fringe movement that wants to replace a democratic political system with something that they control, you know, they want to stop having elections, they want to win, win or steal an election so they can stop having them. When that movement is able to capture a political party, a major one in a country, it's a serious warning sign. And that means, you know, we've entered a place where it really, you know, you really are at risk. Uh, not just the violence, but of, of the collapse of the democracy. And unfortunately, I think we got to be honest, that's where we are. I really appreciate your framing of that because the the next sentence after your vote doesn't matter is something else does. And that's right. taking to the streets. That's violence. That's intimidation. If you can't get what you want in a democracy by voting, the implication is you need to take it to extremes. And I think that's what we're seeing in, in the kinds of attacks we're, we're starting to see arise. And you have experience with this as the, the CEO of Human Rights First. When democracy goes, violence follows. Every time. Every time. It, it's not going to get better for you, whatever group you think you're part of, if the democracy collapses. It just isn't. Um, and I think the only people who, who believe that it will are people so naive that they, they haven't looked around the world or seen some of the things that Ken, you, you and I and others who've served have seen. Um, the exception to that is, is to me really tragic, which is, you know, there's, there's a minority certainly, but, but an important minority of veterans who've, who've gotten to be part of this extremist movement. And I think the tragedy of that is that they've been co-opted into trying to destroy democracy because they believe they're saving it, Right. This is the power of, of the lie about the 2020 election. If you believe the democracy has already been destroyed and you're the last ditch defender of it, you're going to be manipulated into doing something uh, that, that's completely against your values because you, you believe in a world that doesn't exist. You believe the lie. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of our, our brothers and sisters who showed up on January 6th showed up thinking they were there to save democracy and were physically trying to destroy it. And that, that really breaks my heart. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to demonize people, but uh, you know, I think we got to put the blame where it really belongs. And, and, and that's the people selling the lies. That's right. Almost always from a safe distance, far away from the barricades, they're pushing the others uh, over the walls uh, into, the, into the cannons. And it's just the, the epitome of cowardice. Mike, thanks as always for joining us. We'll see you back here soon. See you soon, Ken. Thanks.